Before we begin, we would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land from which we are recording and you are listening today. We pay our respect to their elders past, present and emerging. Always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Welcome back to another episode of You Have My Interest. I'm Evelyn and together with my colleague Maddie, we're mortgage brokers here to help you make smart moves with your money by giving you tips, tricks and tools to help navigate your wealth journey. So Phil, the first question for you is, how does the process work? But specifically, what if I lie on the questionnaire and I say I don't smoke when I actually do? Oh, great question. If you lie, so there's a few technical things. So within the first three years of owning the policy, if the insurance company finds out that you lie, they can just straight up void the contract. Now, that's not great. The next thing is, and which can be even worse, is if you claim on it and they find out that you lied at the time you applied for it, they don't just take back the extra premiums that they would have charged you. They actually calculate it at a much worse outcome for you. So if you've got a million dollars worth of cover and you, you said you're not a smoker, they'll actually go, actually, you were a smoker. And if you're, you know, $1,000 a year in premiums, that would have actually got you, you know, half a million dollars worth of cover. So at claim time, they're only going to pay you half a million. They're not just going to claw back the extra premiums that they should have gotten. So um, don't lie. Please don't lie because if you're a smoker and then you quit for 12 months, you can remove that that extra cost on the policy. So yeah, please don't lie. Talk to us on the phone if you've got any questions. Um, mm. But yeah, advisors can help I know when out. I went through my insurance, I told them everything. I was like, there was this and then there was this and this could have been included. They're like, okay, that probably doesn't count, Evelyn, but thanks for letting us know. <laughs> The same with me. I'm like, I broke a bone when I was five. Does this count? And what about the bone that I broke in my foot when I was seven? <laughs> like all these and, things. And they're like, we don't care. Yeah. And, and that's it. And, and we love it. I'm, I always say to people, give me an essay because I'll tell you if it doesn't matter, but it's worse than claiming and then finding out it did matter. For sure. Uh, next one for you. Is it wise to pay part of your insurance from super with your superannuation or is it better to pay out of pocket? Yeah, so um, don't know about your personal situation. Um, the answer is it can be more tax effective paying through your super fund. So life insurance and TPD cover can be funded through super. And if you pay that personally, you don't get a tax deduction for it. But if you pay it through your super fund and put money into super to cover the cost, then the net cost to your super fund is zero, but um, it's more tax effective. So the answer is yes. Is it better if you just forget those premiums and you let your super fund pay the premiums forever? Um, No, it's not great because it will impact your retirement savings. Is it good because you've got flexibility to choose when and if you pay your premiums? Yes, it is. So the reason why we love it um, is because let's say your premiums are $1,000 a year from your super fund and you're trying to save up to buy a, buy a um, house. Well, you don't need to put that $1,000 in for a year one, two or three while you're buying that, ready to buy the house. You bought the house, you've got extra cash now. Okay, in year four, five and six, you put two grand in so to cover the, the gap that, that was there. So paying through your super fund can be really good because it can be flexible in how you pay for it. But the downside of the flexibility is you could just forget and, and never think about your, what your super is paying for. A follow-on question from that is income protection tax deductible? Is your pre- are your premiums tax deductible because they're related to your income? 
Yeah, so if you pay income projection outside of super, yeah, you can get a tax deduction for that. And the super, yep. uh, the insurance provider will um, send you a statement every 12 months um, to claim that deduction. Awesome. The next question, which sort of leads on to, or leads on from the superannuation, paying your premiums in superannuation again, um, is from someone that says, what if you don't have much money in your super? So you're young adults, then in terms of looking at the premiums and paying that, is that going to impact your super? And can you work with that sort of a budget? Yeah, so there's there's sometimes um, restrictions. So if your super balance is less than six grand, a lot of super funds will have rules around not allowing you to hold insurance. Um, and that's actually a, a legislative kind of requirement that's called protecting your super. Um, and so there are some restrictions on, on really small balances. But if, if, I don't know who this person is, if they're calling like 10 grand low or 20 grand low, so some people think 100 grand's low super balance, some people think, you know, 10 grand's high super balance. So uh, anything above six grand, you can kind of work with um, and there's no like legislative restrictions. It's just what you're comfortable with. Another question is, how do you get income protection or life insurance with a chronic illness? Yeah, with, with difficulty, um, it, is, it is hard because it's all based on your health history. So if you've, um, you've got a chronic illness or injury, um, then it, they may have an exclusion on the policy. But there is a policy out there that will pay out for accidents only. And that means the benefit of that is they don't ask about your health history at the time you apply for the cover because they're not paying out for chronic injuries. But if you have an accident, then you'll have cover. So those people who are you know, uninsurable because of a chronic um, illness, um, insurance companies aren't willing to take on that risk of covering um, the overall health risk, um, there is a cover called accident only. Um, so reach out to a financial advisor and they can chat to you about that. What do I have to do to make a claim? Yeah, so if you are going, if your insurance is through super, contact your super fund. Um, about making a claim. If you've gotten insurance through a financial advisor, get in contact with the advisor and they'll help you with that process. So um, the way we do it is we just um, help our clients submit claims form and then kind of walk them through that process of, you know, we normally do like an initial chat about, okay, what's your experience and what's going on and give them an indication of if it's claimable or not because sometimes we try and downplay it and say, hey, there may be some concerns for these reasons and other times it's a clear-cut claim and it's like, okay, really sorry this happened, it's definitely claimable, this is a likely benefit. And so if you do have an advisor, go through your advisor. We had a client who had um, breast cancer, um, wasn't planning on taking any time off work um, or any significant time off work and she had a trauma policy which we claimed on and we said to her, hey, guess what, your income protection will pay you six months worth of benefit because it's, it's in the policy. And Because she was thinking, well, I'm not going to miss out on work, I, I don't need income protection claim forms. Um, and so that's why we were just said, no, 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 let's, let's do it. it. Let's submit it. Six months worth of payments. Yeah. I have a follow-up question from that, which is, are there any particular types of events that you see that people may not realize that they can claim on or, or things that are, I guess, what people might think is a little bit more common, but you can actually get some sort of benefit from? Yeah, mental health is a good one. Like some people don't necessarily think that if you're off work for a mental health condition, so anxiety, stress, depression, um, your insurance policy can pay out on that if, if it's covering that. So there are some like super fund insurance policies that don't cover it or if you go to um, like some direct insurers will completely exclude mental health. 
Um, but yeah, that's something that people may not necessarily think about in the time, um, but it can be claimable. But really, I always say, anytime you're off work for a health reason and you have insurance, reach out to an advisor or the insurance provider and just have a chat to them. Another question that I have is, when you're researching a financial advisor or insurance broker to use, what are the questions that you should be asking them to make sure they're knowledgeable, licensed, and they are the right fit for you and they're trustworthy in the industry? It's a good question. I'm, I personally haven't searched for too many myself, <laughs> but the things I think about um, that I think are really, really important is when you are speaking to an advisor, insurance costs money and, it's, and it can be expensive. And premiums are incredibly important whether you're going ahead or not. But the first conversation shouldn't be whipping up a quote and saying this is how much it's going to cost. The way we think about it is I want to know about you, your health history, your family health history and your financial position first and foremost. We'll do the work to tell you, hey, we think you're going to get an exclusion or we think there's going to be this kind of concern with an application just so people are fully aware of what the potential outcome will be. So some advisors um, will, will just recommend based on price and then once they get an exclusion, they'll have a chat about that. I, I would much prefer um, people seek an advisor who is thinking about how do we get really good terms of the policy? Because not all insurers will offer the same terms. Some will put a mental health exclusion on and others won't. And so unless they're doing that, that, you know, that harder work and, and the effort in that, um, I, I'd be recommending people go and speak to someone who cares more about their health history because at the end of the day, that's what a claim is based on mm. and that's what the application is based on. Last question is how long does the process of getting insurance take? Way, way too long. Uh, it's painful. <laughs> like it's incredibly painful. So for our initial research in, in my business can take a number of weeks because we're going back and forward with insurers to talk about your health history. We're going back to you and say, hey, we actually need a bit more information just so we can really dial down on which insurer we think is the best, most suitable. Um, so that can take a number of weeks. Then we get to the point where we're talking about premiums, we're talking about benefits and then the client can take a number of weeks to think about. Do they want to go ahead? Do they want to change it? And then the application can take anywhere between a week or it can take, you know, four or five months um, depending on... The major delay is insurance companies, if they have a question about your health history, they'll want a report from your GP. And that mm. is where everything comes to a grinding halt, um, waiting for the GP to respond to the insurance company. So basically do it as soon as you can. Yeah. And so if you're looking at say buying a home and you've got your pre-approval in place and then you also want to look at your insurances should you be talking to a broker like yourself first before you've purchased the home or you should wait until you've got it so you know how much debt you have or can you get a cover with a general amount say your pre-approved loan amount um for that is that is it better to go before or after you buy uh, I don't mind either way. So if you've got a pre-approval for a certain level and it actually comes under that, then we can easily reduce the level of cover. Or if mm. you buy over that, it's not that hard. Anytime within the first six months of taking out the policy, I actually say it's more around your mental capacity and like buying your home, especially if it's your first time, it is incredibly stressful mm -hmm. <laughs> um, to experience. And you're thinking about settlement, you're thinking about you know servicing a loan. Like I often just say, it's super important to do it first. I, you know, I do insurance. It's the number one thing you should do. But in reality, just think about buying a house because it's 
incredibly stressful experience. Once you've done that, you may wait three months for settlement or two months or whatever that time is. Maybe get the ball rolling then. You don't need the, the insurance in place at the date of settlement um, because, well, you haven't had the insurance to date. So, you know, whether it takes you an extra two months is okay. I just think about it, just protects your kind of mindset and, and your stress levels. Yeah. Doing both at the same time can be, quite, can be difficult. Um, you know, using a broker and an advisor to help with insurance, it's like we do lift off, you know, a lot of the workload. But it is still meetings and, you know, th- you know, thinking about, oh, do we want to pay these premium or not? Like, you know, there's still a lot of kind of mental load through both yeah. of those processes. Mm. So it's not a hard or fast do one before the other. Just whatever you can go, you've got the capacity to do. Mm. Yeah. Awesome. Amazing. I think that's really great advice and lots of questions there to consider. So thank you. No worries. If you want to listen more, go back to Phil's episode where he answers all the questions in a much longer, more detailed scenario. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of You Have My Interest. Remember to subscribe to the show on your favourite podcast player. To find out more about how Everland can help educate and empower you to achieve your goals with finance and property, just visit everland.com.au forward slash podcasts and book in a free discovery call.